0: Welcome to the Floor Witcher Edition. We are diving deep into the lore of Netflix, The Witcher. We're looking at Season 2 as we prepare for Season 3. If you want details on Season 3, check out our news episodes. We've got all kinds of details for you there. The quick summary of the episode here. Cirilla and Geralt arrive at Kaer to stay for the winter. Eskil arrives having trouble with Aleshi he's tainted by the creature and transforms so Geralt must kill him. Yennefer, Frangilla, and Francesca meet with Baba Yaga. Uh Baba Yaga makes each of them an offer for something she wants and Yennefer can no longer use magic. So those are that's that's kind of the summary of the story here. Let's dive into the lore points. First we'll talk Shred about Baba Yaga, huh? up Baba Yaga. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, Pear mourn. So, in the Netflix series there are uh, several witchers there. Which we will not like, we will see all of them walking around. We won't actually meet them and know them by name until and, and a couple episodes in. So I will go through each of those witchers a, in the episodes. They're introduced by name. Uh, so, like, you'll be like, wait, who's this guy again? And be like, you find out his name in two episodes. And so I'll, I'll wait till you get his name before we do that. So, in the books, though, there are only four witchers here, and they are Vesemir, Geralt, Lambert, Cohen, and then, of course, Eskel. Arrives late, so we get five. So Kaer is a, originally it's an ancient elven fortress in the Blue Mountains. Uh, at some point, the elves abandoned this fortress and then in the 11th century, humans rebuild a castle uh, over the ancient ruins there. And during that time, the witchers were actually living in the caves near Kaer Where the school of the wolf was. And then when the humans decide to abandon this fortress, that is when the witchers take it over. Another adventure, another spellbinding story. Join us on the floor.
1: Oh, okay. I thought you had mentioned this place before, but okay. Yeah. So
0: I think we talked about it briefly in The Nightmare of the Wolf. Okay. Okay. So the next thing we'll go into is a Leshy, right? Eskil shows up having fought a Leshy, and he's got this big wooden arm that he cut off from it, even though he didn't kill it. So, what is a Leshy, right? And this made out of wood, sometimes. So <laughs> uh, originally, it's thought of as a forest dwelling creature. Creature that is resistant to iron. They're very territorial, very aggressive, and very violent. Um, in the Witcher TV show and in the games, these are creatures that tend to be kind of a tree type. Uh, like a spriggin is is a good comparison if you've fought them in other games or seen those in other fantasies. Um, like yeah, Ian like it's tree beard if he was a child. So, yeah, they're not as big as Ents, but they are fairly big. Now, uh, we don't get an introduction to Leshi in the books, uh, but in Waisdom Grom Wieserrazin, this is the Polish pen and paper game based on the world of the Witcher, they were actually giant leopards that would live and hunt from tree tops. And so that's why a lot of people thought they were trees, but they were actually leopards leaping out of them and attacking people. However, by the time we get to the Witcher 3 game, they are the forest tree spirits, right? Like a human to slightly larger than human-sized kind of ant creature that's violent, not passive. And so we see that. And then again, that's kind of what we definitely are going to see in Netflix because we see a giant wooden-like arm, right? Being cut from a creature here. And we will see uh, Eskel transform into a wooden-like creature, Um. so and then of course we need Cairmoran as we see it is very much in ruins again, and so we'll talk about the fall of Cairmoran. We covered this briefly when we did the nightmare of the wolf, but the fall of Cairmoran begins with a pamphlet called the Monstrum, and this was written by religious leaders condemning witchers for extracting payment from the people to solve their problems rather than going to the temple praying and breathing bringing those tithes to the temple so the gods could say them so immediately you can see the motivation behind the priests in the temple be like we're not getting money for prayers because you're paying witchers to solve your problems instead of praying to the gods to solve your problems this <laughs> is not okay come pray, yeah it's, right it's so this money. pamphlet is released and then stoked by religious leaders until eventually, an angry mob of priests and mages attack uh, Kermorn and they slaughter 26 witchers there. The only survivors of the School of the Wolf are those who were not at Kermorn at the time. Now, there is one exception. Some people, Vesemir never confirms nor denies this, but some people think Vesemir was at Kermorn during the assault. He was knocked unconscious and thought dead, and that is how he survived the assault. Now, mm-hmm. in the Nightmare of the Wolf, Vesemir is the hero who saves, uh, you know, who stops the violence uh, at care but according to the canon, that's not how it went down, right? So, oh. uh, Vesemir was the fencing instructor at Kaer Morhen, So, so that's one of the reasons people think he was very likely there, and the story of him falling unconscious seems more true because... Once he had become the fencing instructor, there wasn't a reason he would be leaving. Now, before Vesemir uh, becomes a fencing instructor, he has a bunch of adventures as a witcher, which we're not going to go into because they don't really come up. But he is very much a father figure to witchers. And you have to understand that in, when, in witcher cultures, you cannot have children, but a lot of them become fathers through the law of surprise. And that's very much a cultural idea for them. You do become a father when you inherit a child through this process, right? Mm-hmm. And so this idea of, you know, kind of taking on children is just something that they grew up with. And, you know, they they see other witchers do it, right? Vesemir even refers to Geralt as son and he refers to Eskel as his son, right? Even though they didn't technically come to him specifically through the law of surprise, that is kind of their culture, right? You have adopted sons because you helped raise them. Interesting. Okay. During the fall of Kaer that is when the books are burned that contain the details on how to make witchers and the people who knew how to do it die. And that is how the secrets of making the witchers is lost. Now, according to the Netflix series, Vesemir does know how to make witchers. He just doesn't have the things he needs to do it. Uh, But that is in another episode other than two for us to go into. Uh, Baba Yaga. Uh, Netflix this is a brand new storyline a lot of fans of the books were upset about this storyline the Baba Yaga storyline in Netflix but the series did really well with audiences so it seems like most people who are upset about this were just fans of the book who wanted the the series to be more true to it on the other side of that we have the the games which definitely create their own storylines and go off in their own directions and So we've talked about, you know, storyteller canon versus, you know, total canon evolving out of this. So Baba Yaga does come from Slavic folklore. So in that way, it does kind of fit into the Witcher world, right? Coming from the Slavic folklore. And it's been adapted by many Western storytellers. Uh, Like, for example, Baba Yaga is mentioned in John Wick. Uh, She is in D&D and many other things. Um, Sometimes she is one of three sisters all called Baba Yaga, which... Feels like a little bit of a pull from the three sisters of Greek mythology because we don't see Baba Yaga in mythology until the 1700s. So there definitely would have been Roman Greek influence by this time. But the Baba Yaga house is very recognizable. Yes, the house of Old, giant chicken legs. Um, giant chicken legs. yeah. Yes, the house that most. Yes. So uh, Baba Yaga is thought to be deathless. Uh, and she collects souls. Sometimes she accompanies death on his errands to collect souls. And the term Baba in Polish means grandmother or old woman. Thus, we kind of get uh, the deathless grandmother uh, that she is referred to. Um, and, of course, in the Netflix series, we will see her famous house on these giant legs. Oh, they, they have the house too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When she meets with Yennefer, Francesca, and Frangilla. She wants something from each of them in return for something, right? So we covered Vesemir. So let's talk about Eskel. Because this this was a thing that upset a lot of fans. The Eskel storyline and the things that happened to him. In the Witcher uh, games, particularly 2 and 3, they try to create an immersive environment. They want you to feel... Not that you're playing a game, but that you have entered into this world, that you have become this character. You make the choices, you live here, and want it to be a very immersive experience. And they've done a very good job with that, and that's why so many people love it so much, is they feel like they get to become Geralt of Rivia, right? The great witcher. And in that experience, it is very clear that your best friend is Eskel, and you have a lot of adventures together, right? At one point, Eskel gets his own child surprise. And one of the first things he does is go to Geralt and be like, what do I do now? Right? Um, At at one point- uh, So he's like Geralt's little brother. (laughs) So they are, they're like brothers. They they went through the Witcher trials together. Uh, So they're very close. And like I said, if you play the games, you have a ton of adventures with them. And this feels like your best friend. Not only that, but Eskel is a very, intelligent witcher he is thought to be the cleverest of them uh he's very patient he's very polite like he's he's a really good guy and none of those characteristics show up in the character in the netflix series mm-hmm. and there's a couple ways to look at this so eskel i guess cursed is maybe the word we will say he is tainted or cursed by the leshy he has fought and so one way you could look at it is that uh that has transformed him not just is it transforming his body but it's doing something to his mind as well however that idea doesn't hold very much water because it doesn't draw the attention of the other witchers like if the eskel who shows up in netflix is the eskel who shows up in the games immediately all of his friends are like something is very wrong right eskel as the cleverest of all the witchers like in the netflix series there's a joke that he was fighting the leshy For six hours and never thought to use fire on it because that's how you fight them because they're made of wood right? right and if eskel is the character from the games and the books the fact that he didn't think of that for six hours is like something is very wrong right of all of us you should have been the first one to put that together and because we don't have those reactions it seems like the way they chose to portray him on the screen is just the way they thought he he was or chose to make him and so it made a lot of the fans upset because here was this awesome character. They, you know, if you played the games, you loved him like a brother. And then they they made him annoying and arrogant and self-centered and, you know, rude. And they're like, this is like a brother. That's so like <laughs> a brother. This is not the, the character I knew, you know. And not only that, but in, in killing him off so quickly, there are all of these great adventures that... They, he goes through with Geralt will never happen in the Netflix series because they can. It's okay. They it won't happen
1: with the Henry Cavill.
0: <laughs> so... uh,
1: Geralt anyways. Uh, let's take a break
0: there. All right. Okay, so we have been mentioning at the end of our episodes recently about the treasure room, how, as Aaron likes to describe it, in the floor we go deep into things, but in the treasure room we kind of go wide. And we wanted to give people who have never been in the treasure room a a little bit of a sample. So going forward, we'll probably be uh, putting in little bits and pieces here. So here is a small clip uh, from the treasure room. We hope you enjoy it and are interested in uh, learning more in there. It's so fat. And I just got that image of a sphinx who's just like, he's like, I can't deal with it. I can't even get out of bed anymore. <laughs> it's like, I have, I, have, I, have, I, have, I love food. He succumbs
1: to Glenn. I saw, I saw, I think it was the third or fourth Shrek where Puss in Boots got fat.
0: Was it Puss and- that?
1: And, and he's like so insanely fat. He only gets up when his milk bowl gets full.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That That's what I saw. So, I mean, it's, it's probably very similar. That's what you're imagining. Just the Sphinx that's just been. Well,
0: that's why he needs Geralt to solve his problems because he's like. Skin <laughs> Batty. And I've got magic power, dude. I can get you stuff.
1: Dude, I could get you, like, pizza or Targos. I don't want what you want, dude. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. We're diving back into the second episode of Season 2 of The Witcher. Just doing a recap for you. We talked about all the witchers dying at the Witcher Hovel. What was it called again, Joe? Yeah, Ka- Kaer Morin mm-hmm. Uh, And then Vesemir may not have been there or may have been there with a wound, and everyone thought he was dead. So they left him to be dead. Uh, and then any witchers that wasn't there are the only ones who are still alive. We also talked about Vesemir or no, es- Eskir.
0: And Vesemir and Eskil.
1: Eskil. We talked about Eskil, who you loved
0: in the games. You loved, was he in the books too? He's in the books too, yeah. But so you most, of, in- most of your adventures are in the games with Eskil.
1: Okay, so you loved him in the games. And then in, in the TV show, you kind of didn't love him because either he was cursed and he just became a really arrogant piece POS or they just decided to rewrite the character completely.
0: Yeah. All right. So the other thing we begin to see more of is the monoliths. This is, again, Netflix is definitely making them into a much bigger uh, not point than they have been in the games or the books. They, they exist in the books, but they're not a big deal. Um, so Cirilla breaks one, and it seems that now that is a gateway for new creatures to enter the continent. And we see this a little bit in the Leshy that Eskel fights. Something is off. It's different, right? It shouldn't have been able to do that to him. And they're just, you know, we begin to see Vesemir and Geralt talking about how creatures are changing on the continent. They don't match up what their books are saying. And it's weird. So And probably makes
1: their job more difficult. I also want to just recap real quick. There's some really cool fight scenes at Care Morn in this episode. I'm not sure exactly how it happens, uh, but there's there's a scene where they're all using their their barrier spell, uh, the ward spell. Do you remember this, Joe? And they're no. like all warning like the projectiles coming at them and then the creature pulls the projectiles back and you see the level of skill of each witcher. Oh right, yeah. Because some of them just leave theirs up front. Some of them throw them back, but are too late. And some of them just catch it seamlessly and don't get hit by projectiles. As <laughs> so you see the different tiers of like, oh yeah, he's fought stuff before, he hasn't. He hasn't.
0: Well, they've all fought stuff, but they're all at different skill level. In fact, oh, we'll even bring up, um, it, when they were training his children, Eskel was the better fighter of him and Geralt. Well, in the games, in
1: the in the TV
0: show, maybe not. No, no, no. So, But then Geralt underwent further mutation and became even stronger and faster. And now he is the greatest fighter. He just downloaded a mod? He just downloaded a mod, man. Oh, man. <laughs> you can report him for that, so. Yeah. But yeah, so so nat- with the natural talent, Eskel was actually the the the, the, the more talented, but with- Geralt's got more magic in him, been mutated even further, so. All right, so at the very end, the mages, uh, Fringilla, and Yennefer will be captured by a group of elves called the Skoy, the, the Squirtile uh, or Squirrel, as they're often referred to. We've mentioned them before. They're a guerrilla military group of non-humans. The the racism, the discrimination of humans, the loss of all their lands has led to the creation of the Squirtile. And essentially what happened is when Nilfgaard starts the First Northern War, they take over Sintra. There's the Battle at Sodden. A group of these elves who really hate humans see all this and say, hey, they're killing each other by the thousands. You know what would be a great time to do? Kill more of them. They're distracted. And that is where the Squatile comes from, is just a group of angry elves who wanted to take advantage of the fact that the humans were warring and just kill a bunch of humans and hopefully kill enough of them that they can retake their land. Boy, how did they do it well? But uh is this is a he, large group, like an army? So they're more like small military commandos, like just little groups. They don't really guerrilla uh, warfare anything. style. Yeah, guerrilla, guerrilla warfare, warfare style, you know, maybe there'll be four, ten at most in a little group. They'll put up an ambush, kill a bunch, leave. And they're not just elves, they're halflings, dwarves, gnomes, All of the the creatures who've been kind of pushed aside by the human society are part of this, but it is mostly elves. Okay. So, and then when Nilfgaard sees this organization arise, they try to make a deal with them. Hey, you help us fight the humans, we'll give you various lands and different things like that. All right, we are going to meet friend Cheska. Wait, did Th- they make the deal? Well, I I don't, That that's in another episode.
1: Oh, <laughs> okay, okay, all right. You do know,
0: Joe, Joe don't, don't lie. Just I just do know know. now I do know. Oh, I've read all the books. I know everything that happens. I can give you spoilers like episodes out, except Netflix is changing more and more all the time. So we don't kind of exactly know what's going on. Well, be- it's just a multiverse at this point. Yeah. So, all right. So we're going to meet Francesca Findabar, who is an uh, elven sorceress. In in Elven, she's referred to Aeneid Anglinana, which is Daisy of the Valley. Uh, so she's a very old elf. She was the daughter of an elf named Simless Finn. And he was a leader of an elf who signed a peace treaty with the humans hundreds of years ago. And she was a very young elf at the time. And she was enraged by it and actually joined a guerrilla faction to fight humans at that time. And because of her guerrilla faction and others like it, the peace treaty was discarded. And this led to a mass slaughter of elves at the time. And uh, she lost pretty much all her friends during this time period. So since then she has become far more diplomatic in dealing with humans. She recognizes there's a lot of them and because of that they're dangerous, right? There's a lot and they multiply fast. You know, an elf when they were having children would maybe have one child every 300 years. Humans could have 10 in 12 years, you know. Right? Uh, they could just frank out humans. It was the, the elves were just beside themselves. They're like you're like rabbits. Just <laughs> There's another little one. There's an infestation of humans in this area, guys.
1: So, so the the squirrel tile are really just an extermination force. They're just your your pest control
0: control. <laughs> but uh, so in uh, in season one of Netflix, we don't see Francesca, but in the books, she actually fights with the Brotherhood against Nilfgard and is only later changes side after she gets an offer from Nilfgard at a chance to become queen of Dol Blathana if he aids her. Um, and in Netflix, we see her leading the squadel, whereas we don't necessarily see that the case in the books. So I don't want to go into her interaction with the elder blood and Cirilla yet. Uh, they will eventually cross paths, but those are kind of spoilers for the unreleased season if Netflix goes that way. Uh, Fringilla Vigo we covered briefly. Um, so here in the Netflix series, we get a lot more of her backstory about her interaction with a mirror of Nilfgaard and different things like that. Things that are not in the books and not in the games. And so as far as like diving into Fringilla Vigo, the deepest you can go is actually the Netflix series. So we don't need to go any deeper here. So in the Netflix series with the introduction of the Deathless Mother and a few other things, we're beginning to see them uh really oh, – they, they're. Yeah, Baba Yaga diverged yeah. from some of the original storylines, but they are still including these kind of Slavic mythologies that were core to the creation of The Witcher by uh, Andre Sapovsky. So the treasure in question is, what folklore mythology would you like to see brought into The Witcher world? So like Jack and the Beanstalk
1: or Paul Bunyan? Johnny Appleseed just plant. <laughs> You're America yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering. Like, yeah, I, well, I'm American. I don't know if you knew that. You like, I don't know. That's that's what I grew up with. Actually, funnily enough.